Hello Freedom Fighters! Welcome to this Thursday's topic which is um, if you want to be rich don't pay off your mortgage. A little controversy there but look David and I are going to talk to you a lot more about um, different strategies in which in how you can redirect your your surplus funds so that you can get ahead um, in life. So unfortunately George couldn't make it tonight he's off at an event um, but uh, David is uh, joining me tonight um, to talk all things our strategies around uh, cash flow and surplus funds and how to get ahead in life and uh, David's uh, part of our circle of safety and he works very closely with our members to really support them to get their structuring right um, when it comes to investing in property. Now, if you're watching us live tonight, if you can just um, type in the chat, hashtag live, and if you are watching the replay, hashtag replay. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce David. Hey, Charmaine, how are you tonight? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excited to be here again. Uh, obviously having another chat with, uh, with the great team at Positive Property. So it's, uh, it's always nice to be here. Okay, fantastic. So, um, David, tell us, I mean, how can we really make our money work harder for us? So, you know, the topic tonight is don't pay off your mortgage, but when we do have a lot of surplus funds, you know, our natural instinct, our natural thought process is let's pay off our mortgage quicker. Let's pay, put yeah. that extra money into the mortgage. We want to pay it down. You know, we yeah. want to feel like we've accomplished something and that um, we're getting our money to work yeah. harder. But there are other strategies that we can can be doing. So, if we had that extra, let's say, a hundred dollars a week, David, and you know we're thinking maybe we should put that towards our mortgage. I mean, what other options do we have that could really make that money work that little bit harder and smarter for us? Exactly right. Yeah, and, and what what we like to call it is paying off your mortgage without doing the heavy lifting, right? So it's all about redirecting your funds to be able to create opportunities and, and wealth creation through investing in property or or um, utilizing other strategies to make that money work better for you, as you've said. So there's quite a few things that people can do to um, pay off their loan at a faster rate without actually making any additional repayments, which is what we're kind of talking about tonight. So certain simple things that a lot of people probably already know about would be things like utilizing offset accounts in your mortgage so um, if you don't have an offset account you might need to make sure that the loan that you do have or can look to potentially get does have an offset account um, because every dollar that sits in these accounts reduces the amount of interest that you pay on a mortgage over time so by simply having money sitting in a in a savings account or a transactional account that's linked to your mortgage allows you to pay less interest on your mortgage over time and therefore pay off that debt at a faster rate. Um, it's one of the simplest things that people do um, and it can shave years and years off a mortgage without actually making any additional payments. Um, right, and just before we continue, we've just had a few comments here. Someone's saying they can only see a black screen. <laughs> I mean, we can see ourselves. Um, if anyone yes. else has only seen a black screen, can we just have some comments to let us know if you can actually see us, if you're getting a black screen, if you can hear us, put G to G, good to go um, in the chat. I might just quickly bring up my phone and Facebook. I want to make sure everyone can see our lovely faces so we can get really personal tonight. Oh, look, our Facebook user says they can see us. Fantastic. Um, yep, can see you both. Fantastic. So that's good to know. We don't have plus, you know, garbage bags over our heads at the moment. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, love the community giving us support here and making sure they can see us. Great. So sorry, um, David, continue. 
Yeah, so what we were basically just saying is obviously the use of offset accounts. So, you know, smart homeowners and smart investors maximise offset accounts as much as they can um, to ensure that they're saving the most amount of money without actually making any additional repayments. So one of the fantastic things that some lenders offer is the use of multiple offset accounts all against that one particular mortgage that you've got. So, you know, I've done this in the past and I continue to operate my finances this way. Um, I've got all of my income coming into one offset account. I've got all my rental income from my investment properties coming into a different offset account, but they're all sitting against my mortgage to make sure that I'm paying less interest over time against my against my. Well, that's right, because in an yeah. offset account, you know, your interest is getting calculated daily. So, Correct. you know, the more money you've got sitting in your offset account, it, the interest is actually rapidly reducing because the interest rate is, 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 is um, you know, being calculated daily. You know, another yeah. really good tip is making sure that your repayments are going through weekly versus uh, monthly because, um, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are paying your mortgage down monthly, you're actually paying more in the long term than what you would if you were to go fortnightly or weekly. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it's a really simple hack that mo a lot of people don't even know about where if you pay your standard mortgage off uh, monthly, it will take you 30 years to pay that loan off if you don't make additional payments. But by simply switching those payments to fortnightly, you can save somewhere between six and eight years off the, off the home loan simply by doing it that way. Got it, got it. And look, yeah. let's say you've got, you know, multiple investment properties. I mean, yeah. what do you suggest the best strategy is? Would it be to have the offsets and having those, you know, if you've got positive cash flow from those properties going into every individual um, offset account to that exact property or would you redirect yeah. all of it into one property, try to bring that property down a bit more or if you've got an own occupier, direct it into the own occupier? Yeah, good question. And I think it really just depends on your individual circumstances. So if you still have, I guess, what we call your bad debt, which is your owner-occupied mortgage, then you should be redirecting all of those offset benefits to helping you reduce the amount of interest that you're paying down on your um, on your owner-occupied property over time. Once you get to the fortunate position, or if you get to that position of not having a home loan or an owner-occupied debt anymore, then you can start to redirect or, or focus some of the debt reduction strategies on a portion of investment debt or just continue to build up those offsets over time to allow you to have a greater deposit and help you um, continue to build that property portfolio. Fantastic. I love it. And look, you know, community out there, if you've got some questions for David and I, please type them in the chat. Um, we'd love to hear some great questions, be able to support you and help you in any way that we can. Uh, so I guess my, my next question um, would be just, just on this topic. Um, Oh, I had it. I had it as a train of thought, and now it's gone gone from one side of the brain uh, to the other. Um, well, let, let's up. talk. Oh. Let's talk about making additional payments, right? Because right. that's one of the most. When people have got surplus cash flow, um, the, the, as you said, the instinct or the natural way of thinking is let's put all of our additional cash flow and money into making additional payments into our mortgage and pay off our debt down faster over time. Now, well, that's right, because everyone, you know, as I mean, I remember growing up as a child and my parents yeah. were always, you've got to pay your mortgage off. You've got to pay it quickly. It was like, put all your money into the mortgage, nothing else. And my parents did that. They focused all their funds in just getting their mortgage paid off. That was the, the priority. 
Exactly right, exactly right. Whereas we, and we certainly don't think that it's a bad idea to be making additional payments into your loan to pay it off at a faster rate. However, if you, th if you look at what the, the statistics and the numbers show, and we always talk about this with our clients, don't, don't we, where we work out what's it going to potentially cost to hold an investment property. And sometimes it's as little as $20 a week, sometimes it's $50 a week or $100 a week. The number is somewhat irrelevant. What it's all about is if you've got that extra surplus cash flow, and most of us do have $50 a week that we could find to be able to put in towards a mortgage, instead of doing that, potentially redirecting that into an investment property, which is going to help you grow your wealth and grow the value of your assets at a much faster rate, and therefore be able to reduce your debt position down at a much quicker opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And, um yeah, I'm still got that thought process. I've got that 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 one thing I wanted to share, and it's just still kind of circulating, percolating um, in my mind. To, um, to keep to keep going on the other part, though, I mean, basically, um, you know, if we were talking about paying an extra fifty dollars a week into your mortgage, what we know is that if you start doing that from day one of having a home loan, you'll probably save you know three to five years off your mortgage over that time by putting in that extra $50 a week. However, what we've obviously seen in the last 50 years with property investment in, Adelaide, in, in Australia is that property prices have doubled every seven to 10 years. So if you buy an investment property and you redirect that $50 a week towards servicing a, a home loan on an investment debt, and after that seven to 10 years, that property has doubled, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna give you the opportunity to pay off your mortgage at a much faster rate by potentially selling that investment property into the future and clearing your home loan um, or your bad debt at that point in time. Got it. Well, look, my brain's percolated. I've got it. <laughs> love, <laughs> it. Love, love it. I love it. So I guess my next question um, is around, you know, paying principal and interest versus interest only. I know a lot of people are concerned about paying interest only, even though the strategy behind that is to free up more cash flow. But the concern is that they're never actually paying off the principal. So the concern is, well, if I'm not paying the principal, how does that work in, 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 in benefiting me in, in, in some capacity? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And, and, and again, you know, every, every um, strategy that we put together for clients um, is very much circumstantial. So it's not going to be the right fit for everybody. But, you know, by reducing payments down from principal and interest to interest only, obviously has a very significant positive move when it comes to cash flow. Um, yes, it means that you're not paying the debt down on a particular property, but it certainly means that the cash flow side of things is probably 50% better than what it would be under P&I. So it's all about creating or maximizing the cash flow for you to be able to redirect income or that cash flow to further um, to further investment properties um, to create that wealth um, for you. Got it. Now, if you do decide to go um, interest only, is there a time frame? Is there a limit to how long you can have that interest only loan for? Yeah. Let's let's speak to that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so interest only periods can vary from, you know, one to 10 years on any particular loan. The most common form of it is a five years interest only period. Um, but some lenders do offer a 10 year interest only period on particular loans. So um, what it does mean is that during that first five years or whatever the nominated timeframe that you've put for interest only, it means that the debt position is going to be identical to what it started at the beginning of the loan. So at that point in time, after five years, and you've had a $200,000 mortgage, your $200,000 loan is still going to be sitting at that, at that level after five years. But what you might have been able to do in the interim by just paying interest only, 
is, as we said, redirect that cash flow to buying another property, redirect that cash flow to an offset account against your home loan and reduce the huge amount of interest that you've paid against that debt. So there's really just it's really just maximising your money and making it work for you based on your personal set of circumstances. And that's different for everybody. Got it. A question that I get asked a lot is, okay, what happens when the interest-only period ends? Does that mean I have to go principal and interest now? Can I reapply for uh, an interest-only loan? What, what, what would happen in, in that circumstance? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways that we can look at that. So um, with some lenders, we'd be able to reapply for the interest-only period to extend it at, at the end of the initial term. Um, normally, that involves a reassessment of the client's financial position at that point in time to make sure the lender's comfortable with re-extending that period. Um, if it's not an option to do that with that particular lender, there's always the option or ability to potentially refinance that loan for a better rate and reset the interest-only period. Or alternatively, um, clients might be in a slightly different position from a uh, financial cash flow position, and they may want to pay principal and interest at that point in time and start reducing some of their debt. So there's different options that we can look at for clients. Fantastic. And with your principal and interest versus interest only, I mean, can you only do interest only loans for investment properties? Do they apply for you know your principal home? You know, is there any rules around that? Yeah, I mean, there are there are some lenders out there that will do interest only for um, owner occupiers. Um, it's not something that everyone likes to do. And again, it's a case by case basis. Um, it traditionally is being viewed as more of a risky option for from a bank. And they want to have a justifiable reason as to why you're only wanting to pay interest only on your principal place of residence. But it, it certainly can be done, um, certainly with the right level of um, rationale and commentary behind um, that selection by the client. And as long as they understand, I guess, the risks um, associated by doing interest only for your principal place of residence, um, there's certainly lenders out there that are prepared to do that. Fantastic. So we've got a question here. I'm just going to bring up uh, this question now. So um, if we change our mortgage repayments from monthly to fortnightly, would it save off years of an interest loan or only principal and interest loan? Yeah, it's a good question. It would only relate to principal and interest repayments because if you're doing an interest-only loan, uh, it just means that you're maintaining the, the loan limit over time. So if you convert monthly to uh, fortnightly for principal and interest, um, the reason it actually allows you to pay off your loan sooner is that there's actually 26 fortnights in a year. Um, and if you make those 26 payments in a year compared to um, 12 payments once every month, you're making an extra couple of repayments every year, which allows you to take that extra time off your mortgage. Fantastic. Uh, and, and I'm just curious, like let's say you you you, you purchase your property, it's 500000 you go interest only. Two years later, that property is now worth, let's say, 700000 That 200000 you've made on capital growth, would you say that that's what's actually paying off the principal? Um, it's, it's not necessarily paying off principal because I guess we haven't realised that um, that equity until you potentially sell a property. But what it has done, obviously, is it's reduced the exposure um, or the loan to value ratio against that investment property. So, you know, we'd be more inclined to be more comfortable with an interest only strategy when there is a higher level of equity available in a property. So when capital values increase over time, we know that by paying interest only, um, you've still got a really nice buffer when it comes to the value of the property compared to the debt that you've got. 
Fantastic, you uh, really articulated that quite well. We've got another question here, David, so I'm gonna bring this one up. I love these questions coming in. Keep bringing them in, we're here to help and support you. Um, so what are the average rates for interest only and investment loan, or is this dependent on your personal uh, circumstances? Great question. Very good question. Um, and there's so many different things that go into, I guess, the rates that are being set um, by banks and lenders. So um, one of them is based on what we call the loan to value ratio. So this is the amount of money that you owe on a property compared to the, the value of that property. The lower the loan to value ratio, sometimes the better discount that you're going to get um, on, your, on your mortgage. So that's one thing that is taken into consideration. Um, the other thing is obviously different banks charge different rates for, for different properties. So, um, you know, it's, it's why we're always constantly reviewing people's mortgages and looking at alternative options because, you know, Bank A might have a particular special offer for interest-only loans one week, and then another bank might have it might have a better offer at that at another point in time. So it's very much a fluid and ongoing process to continually review mortgage and make sure that your interest rate is, if not market leading, at least really competitive in the marketplace. You know, just on that topic, I mean, how many times can you, I suppose, refinance to get the best interest rates? Because I, I remember speaking to um, someone who was saying that because they are one of those interest rate hunters, you know, okay. every time there's a new interest rate, they're refinancing so they can get the best deal. And yeah. they were saying that it actually affected their credit rating because they refinanced so many times. And that they, all they were doing was the right thing. We're trying to get the best interest rate to pay off their, their, their mortgage and work with their money in, in the in smartest way. But it kind of went uh, a little red cross against them when it came to their yeah. credit report. I mean, is that something that, that, you, that happens uh, frequently or...? Yeah, I mean, there's um, uh, a lot of banks and lenders are now using what's called comprehensive credit reporting. So basically, everyone, if you haven't already done this, make sure you um, either get in contact with uh, your property coach or get in contact with us um, and we can run uh, credit reports for you where you can understand what your credit score looks like. And what goes into a credit, a credit score is the number of inquiries that have been made on your file over the last five years. And banks and lending institutions can see that. And it can be detrimental if you've got too many inquiries on your credit file um, that banks might consider not wanting to take on your business. So whilst there's no set number, I suppose, we don't want to be constantly looking at refinancing um, or making additional credit inquiries if we don't have to. There's lots of other ways or tools that we can look to implement um, to ensure that your rate is still competitive in the marketplace. Fantastic. Uh, we've got another question, David, so let's bring it up. I'm loving these questions. Keep them coming. Um, so when is a good time to pay off your mortgage? Is this once... Is this once a good cash flow position is achieved or are you actually saying never pay it off? If so, does that mean rent instead? Um, so, yeah, so with, with regards to your principal place of residence mortgage, I mean, most of, most of the time, 99% of the time, this loan would be set up as principal and interest. So you're still paying off principal and reducing the debt over time. I think what we're talking about is really just redirecting surplus or additional cash flow that you might have okay. to creating some more passive sources of income. So rental income, capital growth through investment properties, um, different strategies to be able to allow you in the long term to pay your debt down. It's just not focusing on pouring all of your additional cash flow directly One. into your mortgage. Exactly right. That's right. Fantastic. Um, so if there are any other questions, um, bring them in. Um, 
So, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about interest rate rises. Um, how's that affecting the cash flow and people being able to pay their mortgages and, you know, buying investment properties? Because it's a bit of a, a little uh, question mark at the moment. I think a lot of people are kind of sitting on the fence going, which way is it going to go? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we've, we've obviously been hit over the last six months with multiple interest rate rises and going from record lows to probably is what's considered a more normal or stabilised interest rate um, at the moment. Seems seems really high for people that have never seen interest rate rises. And, uh, you know, I heard a story the other day about, um, you know, a lot of people that have had a mortgage for the last five years or beyond have never seen an interest rate rise in their life. So it comes as a bit of a shock. Um, but I don't think that there is any... Um, any right or wrong time to potentially look at buying in property. Um, you know, what it comes down to, as, as you know, Charmaine, is working through those numbers, working through a cash flow calculator and understanding what your bottom line ends up being. Um, people, I think, get concerned that it's going to cost them, you know, $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month to hold an investment property right. when the realities of, of what the numbers look like is it's, you know, 5 or 10% of that cost. Uh -huh. That's right. And obviously we have a lot of other strategies around helping with cash flow with making sure we're buying brand new properties, yep. depreciation schedules. Um, there are a lot of other strategies we can, you know, implement to make sure that we're getting the best cash flow that we possibly can. Um, yep. And like you said, David, it's all about knowing the numbers. Don't buy anything blindly. You really want to know you've got your facts and figures. You put the, you know, the, the numbers into the cash flow calculator. You can even play with the calculator and explore if the interest rate rise was to go higher again. You know, are you going to be in a position to be able to, you know, afford it? So you can put some predictive interest rates in there so you can feel that ease and comfortability knowing, okay, if we get more interest rate rises, I'm still going to be okay because this is what my cash flow is going to look like. Yeah, correct. And, and one of the other things, and we did touch on this last week when we were talking about interest rates, is that, you know, yes, um, borrowing capacities have reduced as a result of interest rates going up significantly. Um, so that's certainly something that has to be taken in, into account. Um, but the other aspect of that is that banks um, apply what they call assessment rate buffers when it comes to borrowers' um, um, borrowing capacities. And so um, they're making sure that even if interest rates rise and continue to rise over the next number of months and years, that their, that their clients and people that they're lending money to are not going to be put into a position where they can't afford the property. So all of these things are taken into account. So yes, you know, the, the numbers are certainly looking um, not quite as good as they used to when it Look comes grim. to- <laughs> the cash flow side of things, and obviously the rates going up is, is a scary prospect for a lot of people. Um, but you know, I guess rest assured that not only from our perspective when we do our strategies, but also from a banking perspective, that they are factoring a series of different circumstances to ensure that you're not going to be put in a position where you can't afford a property. Fantastic. I love that. Um, mm. We've got another question here as well. So are you saying we shouldn't be paying off our investment property loans? I have a fixed loan, so I can't put everything over the threshold in it until maturity. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And again, it's certainly not something that is, um, is very much, you know, case by case basis. So um, I would never say don't pay off investment loans. I would say that if you've got um, a principal place of residence or a home loan that you should focus paying that down at a faster rate compared to paying off investment debt. Because we know that when it comes to investment debt, 
you can claim that from a tax perspective to, you know, to get your negative gearing and, and these sorts of things. Um, and by paying down your investment debt, you're reducing the amount of money that you can claim over time. So if you've got a principal place of residence debt, then you should definitely focus a little bit more on that path. And then once you're in a fortunate position where you might have paid off your home loan, if you get to that point, then you could look to revisit paying off portions of investment debt over time or just continue to build your property portfolio and create additional wealth that way. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much. I love that. Um, look, we've got five minutes to go. If you've got any more questions, please um, type them into the chat. Um, David and I very shortly are going to move over into our private group with our members and talk a lot more about um, strategies with surplus funds and numbers and cash flow calculators. And I just want to take a moment just to also um, let everyone know that um, if you've really enjoyed the content from tonight and all the other content from a lot of our Facebook lives, um, George is actually running a live event in South Australia. I believe it's a two-day event in Adelaide on the 3rd and 4th of December. Is that right, David? Uh, it's exactly right. Yeah, 3rd and 4th of uh, December. Um, really looking forward to the, the live event and do, we're going to be doing a presentation um, from Click Finance there. So really excited about that. Yeah, look, we've got a lot of guest speakers, a lot of different experts. We're going to really have a great um, intensive when it comes to, you know, strategies, when it comes to property investing, so much to learn. And if you are interested in coming along to that two-day uh, two event, if you just want to type hashtag event into the chat, one of our team will get back to you, let you know what the event details are. But it is a great opportunity to be amongst other like-minded investors around some really amazing experts like David, where we can really start to nut out and get some strategies and really start to implement um, you know, everything that we're wanting to create when it comes uh, to property investing. And we've got a, another question here. So let's read this one. European on interest rates, how many more rises? Oh, we get this a lot. And we're going to come down. Like I've heard like this chitter chatter that the RBA is going to bring it down next year. I mean, is there any truth to that, David? Any inside oh. knowledge? <laughs> I've got, look, it's it's a, um, you know, if you asked me two months ago what I thought was going to happen compared to today or even last week, you know, that changes on a, on a daily or weekly basis. Look, I, I do think there is going to be another rate rise probably in December, um, and that's specifically as a result of inflation figures in the country still continuing to be above the levels that the Reserve Bank is, is comfortable with. So until that's under control, you know, we can probably expect a couple of more interest rate rises, um, and then I think we'll start to see um, I guess a bit of curbing in inflation with you know reduced amount of spending in the in the economy, um, and hopefully that will start to flatten things out. One thing I would say, of course, is that you know, and we touched on this before that rates are really just coming back to more of a stabilised figure than, than where Correct. they were probably 10 years ago. So um, we've really experienced a, a very fortunate position over the last number of years where rates have been at an all-time low. We hadn't had interest rate rises for, for 10 years. Interest rates went down. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, you know, we've, as I said, we've been really fortunate um, and it's certainly provided opportunity for people to, to borrow more money over time and, and, and get into the market and buy investment properties, which is great. Um, but, you know, rates will, will, will stabilise over time and I think we'll probably sit at around the level that we are now, maybe a little bit higher. Um, and then, you know, it, it really just depends on what happens in, in the world and um, other economies and, uh, and how our spending gets curbed. 
Fantastic. Well, look, on that note, David, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's been great to discuss and talk all things strategy, cash flow, uh, different ways we can get ahead um, financially. Um, thank you to the Freedom Fighters. Really appreciate your time tonight. Um, have a great Thursday. And, uh, David, I will see you now in our private group. Sounds good. Thanks, Charmaine. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.